Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and today we have our bonus round Q&A with Sarah Canistra, all about her career, where I ask her about her biggest successes, her biggest failure, why she got into becoming an independent consultant and coach. We talk about the biggest challenges she sees in talent development, the trend she's following, some book recommendations, her advice for us as learning and development professionals. If you have not yet listened to my interview with Sarah, go back to the episode before this one and listen to the full interview with Sarah where we give advice nonstop, so much value and advice about two L&D professionals to help you with your career. And just one more reminder, this podcast is sponsored by the Talent Development Think Tank community, the number one place for learning and development professionals to connect, learn, share, and grow together. Sarah is a member. Find out more information at tdtt.us and put in code HOTSEAT for 10% off. Now enjoy my Q&A with Sarah Canistra. All right, welcome back to our bonus round of the Talent Development Hot Seat. I'm here with Sarah Canistra, and if you haven't yet listened to our full interview all about how to help L&D professionals advance in their careers, whether you're new or you're just kind of getting started or you're experienced in your career, Sarah gave a ton of great advice and resources in that interview, so make sure you check that out. Now we're going to talk, Sarah, just a little bit about your own career, and I want to start by asking you, what's been your proudest moment or biggest success so far in your career? Wow. That's a, a really great question. I mean, I, I lean to what probably is the foundation, the why behind my business, which is the, the proudest moments for me. And it's probably been moments is helping other people who have worked for me grow and develop in their own career. And that was through doing that through years of doing that, that I realized, wait a minute, this is actually what I want to do. Designing, learning, all of that's great. And I, I truly enjoy doing that organizationally. But what actually lights me up and 
just gets me out of bed in the morning is coaching and developing other people to be amazing L&D professionals and leaders. So for me, the people who I have coached, who have worked for me that are now L&D managers and you know heads of L&D and all of that, to, to see that happen, it just, I'm like, man, one day y'all are going to hire me. But it's been a, a very proud, many proud moments are around you know, seeing their career growth and knowing that I had a, an impact on them. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I know as a coach, you have an opportunity to impact a lot more people too, and coach them and help them in their careers. But it is a big kind of courageous move to go out on your own. And so I'm curious, why did you decide that's the best route for you to be running your own business, working for yourself, running a podcast, all this stuff versus maybe working in a big company as a coach mentor, working in L&D where you're able to mentor a lot of other people with a, with a salary and benefits. Oh yeah. Uh, that was, that was a, a, a conversation that I have my partner, you know, we had to talk about that. I was going to be doing that. You know, it's a really, it's, it's personal in the sense where I worked for a very toxic organization and there were so many things that I saw happen, so many things that happened to me um, that even though I was speaking out and speaking up, um, I was basically told you have to stop speaking up. And that's that doesn't work well with, with me, my personality in general, but also as far as when I see things that are wrong or that are happening or especially happening to other people, uh, I get real fired up and I, I, I want to make that change. And so, you know, for me, it was having a moment of, you know, it was in all honesty, when, when George Floyd was murdered and our company said nothing about it. Mm. And I remember saying to myself, like I, I wrote to the CEO, I wrote to the COO, had conversations with them and nothing, nothing really changed. And I remember saying to myself in that moment of, wow, like I, I'm trying as hard as I can, but I'm not the CEO here. And it was like in that kind of moment and moments where I was like, wait a minute, I can be my own CEO. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no one now can tell me what I can and cannot talk about or what I can and cannot post or no, no one tell, like they can try, but it doesn't matter. It's my, it's my company. And so I felt really strongly about being able to have a, a, a space where I felt safe and other people felt safe. I'm bringing on a, a hire for the first time and creating that culture of you know, an open environment where people feel that they are seen and heard. And so mm. Part of it, a lot, part, most of it was, was that was the catalyst for me. And then of course, realizing that my, what I love to do the most is help coach other people. So the way to do that for me was how can I help the most amount of people? And it's giving my full-time effort and attention to that. So it was the, the culmination of those two that, that led me down this path. I love it. I love it. We talked about your proudest moments, biggest success. What's been one of your biggest failures or mistakes and what did you learn from it in your career? Oh Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's funny. I have so many failures, like literally like a Rolodex of failures just like showed up in my brain when you asked that question. Like any but good entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, um, when didn't I fail? When am I not failing? I'm failing every day. Um, but you know, it's interesting when I started my business and I use that in air quotes because mm -hmm. it was May of 2020. And it was when I started to, I was journaling a lot and I wrote down somehow in my, I was doing morning pages. If anyone's familiar with that, um, I journal every day still, but the overnight trainer just came out onto the page and I had no idea what that was or what it meant. Like it just showed itself to me on, on, on my page. And so I originally started out by creating course for people who were subject matter experts turned trainers because mm. um, at that time I was working with a lot of people within my organization who who were in fact in, in that category 
And so I like worked my ass. I don't know if I can say ass, but I just did. I worked my ass off um, creating this course. Like it's what I do. I know how to create, you know, great courses. And so created this course and filmed a little promo for myself and edit. I mean, I did the whole shebang. Mind you, I was not active on LinkedIn. Mm. I didn't have an email list. I didn't have, I had like maybe 500 connections on LinkedIn, mostly people who were in property management, not even learning and development. And so I worked, worked my butt off, launched this course. I like put one post out there on LinkedIn and I was like, I'm going to wake up in the morning and be a millionaire. Right. Here we go. I I did the math. I was like, oh, like 500 people are going to buy this course. Like tomorrow I'm going to have tens of thousands of dollars. And I woke up and literally zero people bought it. Right. And zero people continued to buy it. Like there was, there was nothing. And so for me, it was like, okay, there is no such thing as overnight success. Uh, I know, I know my company's the overnight trainer, but like it's a play on a lot of words, but there's no, there's no real overnight success. So it made me humble of like, all right, I have to build a network. Like I have to get a coach. And so I got my business coach in in October of last year. And, you know, that's when I realized, okay, there's, there's things that need to be put into place for it to appear to be an overnight success. Yeah, totally. I am. I'm with you on that. And I've had plenty of those experiences myself. And, you know, I've been doing this for years and I am about to launch my first online course. And I actually kind of pitched it uh, at a talk I did for someone else's community recently. And there were 60 people on there. And I thought, oh, a bunch of these people are going to jump on this opportunity. I gave them a discount and everything. And I went and looked and one person bought the course, which I was still excited about because they were the first person, but still I was like, I really thought more people would do this, but it, it takes a lot more work. There's a lot more legwork that goes into this. You can't just put stuff out into the world. Same with a book, podcast, anything else and think, oh, people are just going to find it. Right. And, and even, you know, bring this back to, talent development and people working in L&D as practitioners, we know too, you can't just put a new program out there and expect everybody's going to get excited and come to it. There's the marketing and getting the right strategic players involved and sponsors and all that sort of stuff to make sure that people actually care about it and, and want to attend and go through it and do the learning. Oh, for sure. I, I did what a terrible learning professional does, which is like create something, throw it out yeah. there, leave it, do nothing with it, you right. know, hope people find it, you know, which is like, yeah, the antithesis of what a great learning professional would, would do. So it's, it's, it's funny to put it in that terms, but absolutely. I just rushed. I was like, let's get this out there. People are going to love it. And it's the same thing, right? We think, oh, people need this training. They're absolutely going to love it. It's like, yeah. whether it costs money or not, like if, they don't know it exists and you haven't built a connection or relationship or yeah. told people what to expect. They're not going to, they're not going to take it. Right. What do you think is the biggest challenge or problem in learning and development, talent development today? <laughs> How much time do we have for to end this? <sighs> so many problems. Um, I, know, I know that sounds really negative, but I think a lot of it is that we're, we're in a shift right now. And I know I talked about it in the, in the, in the main show too, but of really understanding and shifting between what, L&D has always been and what talent de- development has always been, which is order takers, which is being told by the organization, make this training. And for the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, we have done that. So now when we have to say, actually, there might be some other solutions here, right? It, we are met with lots of resistance. So I think I think we have to, and I talked about this in the main episode, but we have to undo our own learnings we have to un- unlearn all of the things that we were taught about learning. You know, I 
I think we give, we give so much information to people that they don't need. And I was talking to someone I was coaching the other day and I was like, when you give them everything, they walk away with nothing. Mm. And I really, truly believe that as L&D professionals, the biggest mistake and kind of what plagues us is we're constantly trying to put more and more and more out there without going back and saying, well, what do we no longer need? Um, and so we're kind of, we're building upon a shaky foundation essentially. And I think we actually need to knock it down like burn it, right? And start over. Um, I know it's a really big task and a really big you know, thing to say out loud, but you know, we have to do that with our own mindsets around learning and development as also, and also with the programs that we are putting into place within our organizations. Yeah, absolutely. What's the biggest trend you're following right now in talent development, L&D? You know, I'm really interested... Well, besides kind of all the, the career trajectory and growth and, and seeing the different positions that are coming up, because um, that's been really fun for me to watch, but I, I'm really, really interested in our learners and because they have to come first for anything to be successful. Like they have, they have to come first and foremost. Yeah, and yeah. Pat McLaughlin has a really good book, which is called uh, learning, learning 4.0, I believe. And I, I'll consent it to you afterwards if you want to link to it, but it's basically about how do we prepare learners for learning. And I think that's a big area of opportunity that we don't think about enough. You know, for what the example she gives is like, you know, at the beginning of a, of a session, maybe it's on, on information that's really challenging, right? Or it's something that's on, you know, maybe something that's emotional. And so rather than diving right into the content, you're teaching people how to digest challenging information or how to have an emotion, emotional conversation. And so I'm really, really interested in helping learners learn better uh, and following that trend, which I think is really important and a really key missing piece to a lot of the learning that we put out there. Awesome. And I was going to ask you for a book recommendation. So there's there one go. right there. Yeah. From Pat McLaughlin. And the last question I'll ask you, which is right in your wheelhouse. And we've already covered a lot of this in our main interview, but for those in learning and development listening, what's one more piece of advice you would give for those looking for ways to accelerate their career success? I think it's something I, ha I haven't said. Really, uh, it's, it's similar to what I said before, but I want to touch on it even more. Of You have to find the right organization and the right organization looks different for everyone in all honesty, but we as learning professionals, if we are stifled by the organization, right? It's, there's only so much that we can do. And especially because we end up being oftentimes the face of, right? Welcome to XYZ company or here's how you grow an XYZ company, right? Like that's, that becomes really exhausting when you feel that you are having to like grit your teeth when you say that, because you're not seeing the culture the way that it is being portrayed to people within the organization. And so I think it's really, really important to make sure that you find an organization that appreciates the skill set that you come with, that is aligned with values that you have, and that has a really strong learning culture. Um, I did a, a, it was early on podcast about it, but basically questions that you could ask yourself and then also ask on interviews to identify if a company has a learning culture. And so that's kind of my, my biggest piece of advice is that we can only do so much. It's like the, the lid theory, right? It's like a, usually around leadership about, you know, if, if out of 10, the leader is a five, the, the team most likely isn't gonna be able to get past a five. And same thing with the organization, right? If the organization is putting a lid on your own capabilities, there's only so, so far you're gonna be able to grow in your own career and it's gonna stifle your development. I have seen that happen that many organizations where I've worked where people have certain titles that if they went somewhere else, 
would not be transferable titles, but it's because the organization has given them a title, but no development around that either. So, you know, I think it's finding that organization, I say the right role at the right company, because that will ultimately allow you to shine and to really, truly feel fulfilled in your career. Awesome. I love that answer. So much great advice in there. And last, last question for those listening who haven't yet joined the talent development think tank. What do you think? What's wrong with you? What do you think about the community so far? You know, it's, I I think I've mentioned this to you privately. and I've talked to people within it of, especially being uh, twofold. One is that I wish I had this when I was working in my full-time job and with, especially when I was in a toxic work environment and having other people to connect with and to commiserate with and to celebrate with. I really wish I would have had that because I think it would have helped me through a lot of the dark times that I had there. I had some really, really dark times. Um, And I think having this community of people that I did not have in my organization would have prevented me from falling kind of into those deep, dark times. So I think, I know it's very deep, but I really truly believe that. And having it now, especially being solo um, and being an entrepreneur, and I do do some L&D consulting work here and there, you know, to have all of a sudden this group of friends, it's not, I mean, these are people who now like I'm going to, to Sabina's book launch party. Right. And, you know, people from this community are now I'm coaching them. Like there's, there's so much that can happen. And like, these are, are, are friends of mine now. And so it's really nice to, to have friends who do what you do and entrepreneurship is lonely and solopreneurship and being, a, you know, in the gig economy can be lonely. So, you know, from a emotional standpoint, this gives you so much. And then from a learning standpoint, I'm so excited. I know this will obviously happen afterwards, but for our session today, yeah. um, I had a couple of things come up that I could have done instead. And I'm like, nope, you know, this is, this is a priority for me because I want to learn, you know, this yes. is a learning experience for me too. So oh, we got to wrap things up, but I just, I want to jump into that right there because so many people tell me like, oh, I wish I could join or I can't stay engaged because I can't make the calls because work is too busy. It's like, you've got to make time for your own development. No one else is going to do it for you. you. There's this really awesome um, business coach that I follow. I mean, my business, I love my business coach, but I I follow another. And she actually, when she launches her programs, she does not give you the times or the dates that her sessions are going to be because she says, when I do that, people make excuses for not coming. Like if you're Mm -hmm. going to invest you will figure out a way to come, whether that means that maybe every other session or you move something around or right. you watch the recording and you send in your questions that you will fi- you will figure it out. You have yeah. to figure it out. I mean, yeah. you just have to for your own benefit, like stop letting other things control your life. Own your yeah. life. Own your life, <laughs> own your career, own your schedule. Stop letting other people dictate what you can go to. We'll end on that, Sarah. This has been awesome. If you haven't already, check out theovernighttrainer.com, connect with Sarah on LinkedIn and come join us in the Talent Development Think Tank community. Thanks, Sarah. I will see you. I'll see you in the community. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. All right, that was my interview with Sarah Canistra. I hope you enjoyed that. You got some golden nuggets of value and wisdom out of that. If you want more, check out Sarah's website, theovernighttrainer.com. Connect with both of us on LinkedIn. And if you want to network with Sarah and other fantastic learning and development professionals, come join us in the Talent Development Think Tank. As I mentioned earlier, we have over 100 
wonderful members, all of them learning and development professionals of different types, people interested in talent development, learning and development. We're having great conversations every week on Zoom. And we have a private Slack channel where we share questions, challenges, resources, insights, all of that stuff. And we record all of our calls. They're all available in the member vault. So once you join, you can go back and listen to past calls, either watch the video or listen on our private members only podcast, just for talent development think tank community members only. So check that out when you get a chance. The website is tdtt.us and you can put in code hot seat when you join for 10% off. All right. Thanks again for listening. I do greatly appreciate your support. All of you out there, I know you are doing wonderful things and I look forward to talking with you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.